Welcome to the Niche Podcast, your weekly rundown of the biotech, pharma, clinical research, and life science industries. I'm your host, Dr. Noah Goodson. This week, kidney research, pet health, manufacturing is valuable, and a couple of biotech IPOs. An often quoted statistic in clinical research is that most trials that fail do so because of recruitment issues. Data suggests as much as 80% of trials fail to meet recruitment deadlines. There are multiple and complex reasons for this, including trial design and site-specific challenges. One of the slowly changing aspects of clinical research is a new suite of relationships between sites, site networks, CROs slash pharma, and patient advocacy groups. Many of these advocacy groups have vast contact webs and major weight to throw around in patient-specific circles, from rare disease to much broader support organizations. Patient advocacy groups often spend significant donor dollars on advancing research and have a vested interest in clinical trials succeeding so that those affected have new opportunities for health and well-being. There's a complex interplay here where patients do indeed benefit from access to clinical trials that may suit their interest and be relevant to their disease state. It's also clear that companies stand to significantly benefit from a willing and specific base of potential study participants. The National Kidney Foundation announced a new mechanism to directly link kidney patients and caregivers to potential kidney donors and researchers. The NKF Kidney Research Connect will help investigators identify potential patients and speed the rate of research while enabling patients to become participants if they wish. There's a real ethical quagmire here. Obviously, it benefits kidney patients to have the power to participate in trials that may help them and will advance potentially life-changing therapies. But this also creates a mechanism to directly solicit individuals into trials, which massively advantages organizations that make money from running clinical trials. It is the patients who opt into the NKF's network, so it's hard to argue there's coercion. But the big data and health data landscape is rapidly evolving. Even Google and Apple are recognizing that clinical research is one of the most pragmatic places to leverage these resources, rather than across all of healthcare. I'm not sure where this is headed in the future. There's so much money flowing in and around health data and specific business attention is circling clinical trial recruitment pipelines. I almost expect new legislation to be drafted in the next few years that defines novel legal frameworks. As patient advocacy groups, data powerhouses, trial sponsors, and site networks vie for the best mechanisms to recruit participants, the most effective and ethical route forward is anything but clear. Animal Health Pharma accounts for around $45 billion annually and is expected to grow at 7.05% through 2026. Well-known companies like Merck and Zotus largely dominate the space. One of the leading companies, Elanco, is expanding through a new acquisition. Elanco has agreed to acquire Kindred Biosciences for $440 million. Kindred Bio has a range of available products and some potential major contributions to the pet health space emerging in the coming years. Product identification presents equal challenges to pet health as it does to human health, but Clinically validating products is significantly more affordable and differentially regulated for obvious reasons. 
In this case, Kindred Bio has some enticing pet dermatology products in the pipeline that are anticipated to add $100 million per year to current sales by 2025. The terms of the deal have Elanco using a debt structure to acquire all of Kindred's shares at $9.25 per share. At less than half a billion dollars, this is hardly the biggest deal from Elanco, who acquired Novartis Animal Health for $5.4 billion in 2012 and Bayer Animal Health for $7.6 billion in 2020. Elanco has updated 2021 guidance up $40 million to $4.71 billion. At this point, they may be running out of acquisition targets. Developing a new product in the biopharma space is incredibly challenging. There are design barriers, capital to raise, and regulatory hurdles. The Scope Method provides consultative solutions to navigate industry-specific challenges. We've helped companies pivot into new therapeutic spaces, designed and run decentralized clinical trials, and empowered CEOs with the tools that turn their data into stories that raise capital. Find out more at thescopemethod.com. Danaher is acquiring the privately held Aldevron for $9.6 billion in cash. Aldevron provides a suite of scientific manufacturing solutions, including plasmids, proteins, and mRNA. The production of high-quality products for the life science industry is a booming business. The fundamental levers of scientific need continue to be cranked up as biotech startups move into the market and big pharma investment in development reaches the highest levels recorded. The technologies of the future require sophisticated mechanisms of resource supply. Sure, there's big development into emerging CMDO spaces, but these facilities take years to get up and running. A well-oiled production machine is extremely valuable. Danaher plans to run Aldevron as an independent subsidiary. With Danaher's broader business interest, Aldevron may benefit from their reach, while Danaher can funnel other customers across their various platforms to solve a greater number of specific manufacturing needs. While Aldevron's sale figures are not available, my suspicion is they'll continue to grow significantly in the coming years, based on the broader life science landscape. Verve Therapeutics went public with a $267 million IPO. Their lead candidate, Verve 101, is a single-course, in-vivo, liver gene-editing tool that employs CRISPR technology to inactivate a gene, PCSK9, which ultimately decreases LDL-C levels. Their approach is extremely cool and potentially part of the future of medicine. This is not just gene-editing for rare diseases, though that's where it starts. It's potentially gene-editing for chronic diseases. There are obviously major risk factors in pushing this technology forward from both a safety as well as an approval perspective. But on the back of their $94 million Series B last summer, see episode 30, Verve has advanced their pipeline and is aiming for an IND in 2022. Investors were optimistic and shares rose 68% on opening day, placing Verve in a strong position moving forward. There's a long road ahead. And having done a fair amount of in vivo CRISPR, I can personally attest to the meaningful challenges their team will need to surmount, even pre-IND. Now, with cash in hand, Verve is off to the races. If Verve was the hot biotech stock of the week, Lyle was the cold one. Lyle went public and sold 25 million shares at $17 each, raising $425 million. 
But on opening, the company valued just north of $4 billion dropped in value. So why the mediocre response? Actually, I have no idea because I'm not that sophisticated of a market analyst. But if you want to know why I think they're interesting, check out episode 52. Basically, they have a strong diversified approach that lets them pipeline their products, self-produce, and potentially pivot as a CMDO to create a stream of cash. This all means pivot options and durability. At least from my limited perspective, I'd say they have a good stable long-term trajectory when compared to other similar biotech startups. Thanks for joining me on the Niche Podcast, your weekly summary of the top news in the biotech, clinical trials, and life science industries. You can learn more at thenichepod.com or find us on your favorite podcast app. Like, comment, subscribe, and most of all, share with your friends. If you like what you hear, please rate and review. It really helps us. Once again, I'm Dr. Noah Goodson, and I'll see you next week. Thank you.